even her ad libs in her music, you know, the she sometimes she like the hee hee ha ha type of stuff. Yes. And it's just different. Like I think even Lil Wayne talks about how Miss Yellett was um a very big inspiration for him as well with the ad libs and stuff. And again, just bold, no one was doing it, you know, paving the way for artists. She encapsulates all of that. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Making the Brand podcast. I feel like this episode is long overdue. I'm chatting with my friend Cody Dantu Johnson about one of her favorite people and one of her favorite things, uh, Missy Elliott and marketing. So hi, Cody. Thank you again for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I I think this will just come so naturally to you. Again, like I said, one of the favorite things you love to talk about. You're a big Missy Elliott fan. So we're going to get to that story. Yeah, I'd love if you could just first introduce yourself and talk about your background in social. I know you've had a few interesting jobs. I think you even have pivoted in recent months. We need to catch up. So what's the latest? (laughs) So sure, I'll just start from the beginning. So I started in social media marketing in 2016. I landed my first job at um, an agency here in San Diego. That's where I'm located. And um, I was there for about a year and a half managing the agency's brand account and some other clients that they had. Um, And it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot on the job. um, And I learned that I really loved being in the social media realm. So I wanted to stick with that. Um, And then after that, unfortunately, I got laid off. (laughs) Uh, And um, that's just par for the course, though, with agency jobs, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But luckily, I landed a marketing role in higher education for a little bit and then went to healthcare as a social media marketer for a local hospital here in San Diego for about a year. And then after that, I went back to higher education at UC San Diego, where I managed UC San Diego admissions social media channels for also about a year. Uh Um, And I just recently left that job in June of 2022 to pursue freelancing full time. So that's what I do now. And I work with a like a tech company as a social media content creator. Um, and I'm also managing a CEO LinkedIn profile page and also working with a tech health startup managing their LinkedIn. So I'm all social. Everything about me is social media. <laughs> that's all I've ever done. And I don't I, I don't see myself leaving, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun because, again, with so many industries that you've worked on and different agencies and different types of clients, like there's always something different in a way that you can apply social media to that industry. So it keeps things exciting. Absolutely. I, and I like to I go by my own philosophy and my own principles with social media. So, you know, you could throw me in any industry, really. And I, I think I could totally succeed. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And a quick sidebar. I remember 
might have been a year ago now, you uh, you started doing social for your son's, uh, was it karate studio? Oh, jiu-jitsu, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. That was so cool. Yeah, you, you were kind of bartering, which I think is something yeah. we don't talk about enough with social media. What a good deal. It was. I We just came up with this plan where I would post uh, like two to three times a week on his Instagram account. Um, and in return for th- free classes for my son. So I didn't have to pay the monthly fee and it worked well for about, I would say we did it for about three or four months and then yeah. he just didn't need my services anymore, which is fine. But yeah, bartering is it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I know we talk a lot about on Twitter, especially getting paid for what you do, but Sometimes, you know, if you just have some goodness in your heart where you just really want to help a client or you want to help a business and they're willing to give you maybe like a free meal or like a free coffee every time you come in, I I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And you said you were, I mean, you were at the jujitsu studio anyway, sitting there watching your son might as well, um, you know, do a little trade off there. I think that was a good plan and and cool. (laughs) It was a cool experience. Yeah. So let's get into some background on your love of Missy Elliott. What made you a fan? Do we have to go way back for this one? Because I mean, she's, she's been around for a while. She recently won the uh, MTV Video Vanguard Award in 2019. I mean, she is a, a legend in her own right. So what is your experience as a Missy Elliott fan? And what um, what inspired you to write this post about marketing lessons from her? Sure. I have been a Missy Elliott fan since I could remember. I would say maybe middle school. I'm 29 now, so years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and she just, you know, with Work It, it's just such a weird music video and such a different song that I was like, this is dope. I love this. Yeah. And I love her style. It's very different. And so I just really resonated with her creativity. Um, And that's what inspired me to write this blog post, five marketing lessons you can learn from Missy Elliott. Um, She's just visionary, just creative and genius. Like there's so many words I could describe, but she is very, um, she's just a different woman and I really respect her craft. And I, I like to learn from her and take that and apply it to my own professional goals and my own self, um, on how I work and, you know, the different things I can bring to marketing. And, you know, obviously there are these best practices and stuff, but I do really like to be in a creative space. And I, I just really resonate with her style. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, like you said, I, I don't think anyone can really compete with her style. Like it is so originally her. And, you know, I wasn't a Missy Elliott super fan, but I do just vividly remember her music videos. Like there was always something in there that was memorable and you just, you would cling on to, even if, even if you weren't a super fan, like she always made her mark with everything that she did. Yeah, she did. And I actually listened to a few podcasts um, or interviews of her. And, you know, she just talked about how she would blend, you know, her parents' love for R&B and on gospel, but like using her own sound to create her own sound of hip hop and just the different influences she had and working with Timbaland, who was also just amazing. So it's just, it's just cool. Just cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. And she actually noticed your post and reshared it. 
She did. What was that moment like? (laughs) I did not expect that at all. Um, I just tweeted it and hoped people would read it, and I tagged her in it. Um, But, you know, when you tag celebrities, you don't expect them to look at your stuff. So she retweeted, um, quote tweeted it, and just said, hey, this is a great read. And I was like, what? That's amazing. Like, I don't know if she actually read it, but... Uh, I'm going to assume she did. And so, you know, and then her fan base saw it and just a lot of people reached out and said they really liked it. So I thought that was really dope to be acknowledged by her. I'm going to assume she did. She seems like the type (laughs) of person that would appreciate it. And then to get a quote tweet where, you know, she even describes it as being great. That seems pretty, pretty genuine. So that is awesome. And I would love for you to share what those five marketing lessons are that we can learn from from Missy that you outlined in this article. Uh, the first one, I know you said that Missy is... Well, first of all, I want to back up because one thing you you describe Missy Elliott as being is futuristic. And yeah. I think that's such a powerful word, especially when we think about art and even marketing. It's It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to be futuristic, especially in this field to like try to compete and do the next big thing and do things that are cutting edge because, you know, (laughs) before you know it, it's not cutting edge anymore and it's very hard to predict the future. So I would love if you can elaborate on that, on how you see her as being futuristic in her, um, in her art and her work. Yeah, she, so to me, I guess her music, it's such a blend of different genres and like hip hop and like I said, her background with gospel and R&B and just blending those things together um, and then working with Timbaland to create a really unique sound that she even mentioned in an interview that was just so different. The radios were like, we don't know if we can even play this because it won't mix into the songs that we yeah. play. So it's like they were literally creating a new sound. And I think, you know, tying that back into like marketing is taking and fusing things from different, you know, industries and and different ways of life to create something new. So that could be like inspiration from maybe nature or, you know, inspiration from music that you see and then blending those things that you acknowledge into something new, a new way to market something or, you know, bring a conversation to something. But yeah, I, I think futuristic for her is just she just knows how to fuse things together and just create something new. Um, And I think that's what, you know, as marketers, we're always trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times marketers, we're tempted to look at what other people in our own industry are doing and try to emulate that. Like, oh, the leading competitor is doing this. We should try doing that. And it's almost like you should do the exact opposite I've found or just, you know, not conform to what they're doing because that's that's clearly been done. And it's so funny that her music wouldn't even be played because it was so dissimilar, but that's, that's what gets noticed. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was really cool. Like, you know, even though the radios didn't pick it up immediately, people did realize that this is a sound that we've never heard, but we like, we do want to hear more of this, you know, like even her writing music for Aaliyah, is just like, it was a different sound and even Aaliyah caught on board to it. So Yeah, I just I really believe in fusing and, you know, looking outside of what we're already in our day to day for inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another thing you mentioned is to be bold. And that's Mm -hmm. certainly what she does. Uh, You 
you reference in your article her song Work It. And I love <laughs> that there's a tweet that you included from 2019 where someone had just realized that <laughs> that that one lyric was re literally reversed. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was the first of its kind, really, at least in my recent memory of someone who experimented like that. Yeah. So, that's a great point. Yeah, I I actually just realized that not too long ago either. Um, I think that probably the same year that that tweet was made. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but <laughs> very different, very bold. Like no one's doing that. No one's saying lyrics backwards, but it's like making a sentence. I just, again, it's just visionary stuff. And even her ad libs in her music, you know, the, she sometimes she like the he he ha ha type of stuff. Yes. And it's just different. Like, I think even Lil Wayne talks about how Miss Yellett was um, a very big inspiration for him as well with the ad libs and stuff. And again, just bold. No one was doing it, you know, paving the way for artists. She encapsulates all of that. Yeah. And she's she's not afraid to take risks because, again, clearly people still seem to not realize that that song, I mean, that lyric is just kind of gibberish, but it's actually backwards. Yeah. And, and she could have said, no, I, I'm not putting that out. No one's going to get it. Mm -hmm. No one's going to know what this means. <laughs> Even decades later, some people still don't get it. But <laughs> it's almost like she planted her own sort of Easter egg or talking point into the yeah. song and that alone became like press worthy and conversational. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if we tying this back into marketing, like I know recently Adidas, um, they came out with that. I don't know what the name of the campaign is, but it's, they basically shared an image of women with their breasts out and oh, like yeah. people were like, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, but it was bold and it made a statement of, you know, everybody has, every woman has different size breasts and we have sports bras that fit everybody type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was bold and it was explicit, but you know, again, maybe they're paving the way for something new to come along. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, I feel like attention is a marketer's most scarce resource and that's always what we're after. You could spend <laughs> hours and hours and hours thinking you have a perfect campaign, but if it's not power powerful enough to make someone kind of stop in their tracks and <laughs> and feel compelled to share it and 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 you know spread it to other people, then then what was the point? So yeah, yeah, gotta, definitely got to capture attention, and we've got to be consistent too. It's probably uh, <laughs> something marketers hear, but easier said than done. Uh -huh. So. How does Missy Elliott stay consistent and what can we take away from uh, her process? Sure. So she's definitely, like I said, consistent in her style of music, you know, her and Timbo collabing and creating those unique sounds. Um, every song that you hear of hers, you, you just know it's a Missy song or even when yeah. she starts rapping on it, you know, it's a Missy song. Um, and then I also pointed in the article, her fashion sense, like, I think I, I shared about four pictures of her in hoops, nails done, her hair is always laid, just looking good. Clothing is on point. Like she's consistent all around the board, like not just with music, but with her fashion sense. And I think that's um, a big differentiator for herself as well is those, those markers you'll always see are always done. You know, the, the big gold hoops is just, it's a yes. mess, you know? Yeah. And I think, with branding and marketing consistency is just showing up. It's like, you know, we talk about it all the time on Twitter, showing up for your audience on in the social media realm, 
posting consistently and it doesn't have to mean doesn't have to mean like posting every single day maybe for you it's two times a week you can commit to but it's consistent for yourself mm-hmm. or for your brand um and then being consistent not just in product or service but for me the biggest thing too is customer service and being there for your customers and your audience and consistency in that way so um while we all can't look like missy and be really cool with the hoops and the hair and the clothing there's still ways to take from her and just you know apply some of those learnings to uh what we do in our day-to-day lives as marketers yeah and speaking of of adidas from the other example before i mean she loves those track suits too <laughs> those yeah, bright yeah. and bold and i think it's it's also a good reminder for marketers is that sometimes it's just in how you package an idea like yeah. it's very hard to have an original idea these these days but if you can find a way to package it differently or present the idea and just put a little bit more creative effort into it sometimes that's enough to stand out and, and be creative and have a you know a refreshingly new kind of um take on things yeah absolutely oh i love that um next we know that Missy loves to wow her audience. We've touched on some of the creative uh, risks that she's taken uh, and also some of her her fashion choices like the uh, the garbage bag outfit. I, I don't recall what this is from, <laughs> but I'm looking at the picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what are some moments from her career where you've felt like, wow, this is a this is literally a wow moment? <laughs> Definitely the garbage bag, which I actually just read. It was not a garbage bag, but a spacing type of thing. But okay. <laughs> it's a garbage bag because it looks like one. But yeah, I believe that was from her um, Super Duper Fly, the Rain music video. I, I I believe that was it, but don't quote me. <laughs> I yeah. should know that. Um, yeah, so that moment was just bizarre. But it's like, again, it's part of this futuristic persona that she's taken on like nobody's wearing a big old spacesuit like this in a music video with black lipstick on it's like it's just so shocking but you like it you know like you can't turn away um and then even with the music video she had where she literally spits in the guy's mouth yes (laughs) the video it's like wait who would even come up with something (laughs) like this yeah but it's shocking and it and it's you know it creates that moment where people will remember you and remember your your weird kind of quirky style that's like part of your whole you know your whole music genre i think that's just how she definitely encapsulates the wowing of audiences yeah and you just reminded me of of another missy moment that just popped out in my head is uh when she takes her head off oh yes (laughs) is that get your freak on i think it is oops correction it was actually one minute man yeah, just like kind of creating these, you know, visuals alone that are that are memorable. Um, yeah, yeah, and visuals are huge for marketing. I mean, that's the biggest, one of the biggest um, ways we get people into the doors or to make a purchase or something is is being extremely visual. Like that's just, and and she does that so well. It's like you can't you can't not remember missy in a garbage bag or missy spitting or missy's head like turning backwards <laughs> music like that's yeah. just 
yeah, visual aspect is so important. That sticks with you for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, lastly, number five, you always mention, or you do mention uh, to stay true to yourself. And you mentioned that that's something that Missy has done since she was in kindergarten. You say that she knew that she wanted to, to be a star. So how else has she um, exemplified being true to herself and maybe how do you personally stay true to yourself? Yeah. Um, I believe Missy stays true to herself just by consistently, again, putting out really good music that is her style. I mean, it's very rare that she would go in a different direction. Even now when her, with her new music, it's still very Missy, still very... Um, futuristic and and creative so i i haven't seen her stray away from that since the 90s and i think that's really admirable um and she's still you know rocking the hoops rocking the nails still doing her stuff and um working with timbaland and just still just doing the things that she did back then and i think that's really cool um but for me you know staying true to me is i guess you know there's just certain things that I like about myself and and things that I like to do. And I just stay with that over the years. And that could mean, you know, for me, I'm also an athlete. So I like to be in the athletic sense of things. Um, You know, I also like to get my nails done. I love social media marketing. So I'm just, I'm true to myself in that way. And um, very blunt sometimes. And, And I sometimes have to rein it in, but like, that's just how I've always been. Never change. So that's just like, you know, I, I practice just being consistent in that way to myself every day showing up like, this is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I partake in. And, you know, yeah, I think that's just how I would be true to myself. Yeah. And speaking of the, uh, (laughs) the athleticism and stuff today, you started uh, a walking group on Twitter, which I am really excited about. So (laughs) getting back into, to moving a bit. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I was really inspired today. I just was like, let's just start this. Let's all move. I love it. Well, that is a perfect segue because, you know, pivoting from Missy Elliott a bit, I want to talk about you personally. And you mentioned that you consider yourself to be really blunt. And you're one of my favorite follows on on Twitter because you always tell it like it is. You never sugarcoat things, but you always you're never afraid to say those hard truths that people need to hear working in social media. And you just keep them coming. I'm just like, damn, (laughs) Cody is on fire. Um, oh my gosh. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> so I would love to uh to go through some of these, a, a few of your uh your greatest hits, if you will, <laughs> that I've pulled <laughs> just just recently. Okay. Um so the latest is uh I noticed that you did some research on um <laughs> a company <laughs> that used a tagline or an agency that said we're not your typical agency. So uh-huh. what did you do after that? What is that story? I want you to let everyone know. (laughs) So I frequently peruse LinkedIn for social media job postings, um, just to see what's out there. And I saw this one agency, and I I was interested in the job. And so I looked, you know, at their website, and I saw they had the tagline, you know, we're not your typical agency. And so I'm like, okay, like, what does that mean? What is typical? (laughs) So (laughs) I just was like, let me just be Cody and just be curious. So I 
Googled, we're not your typical agency. And hundreds, I wouldn't say hundreds, but a lot of results came up on the first page. All of these agencies saying that we're not your typical agency, <laughs> you know, we're a different agency, we do things differently. And I couldn't tell you, maybe like 10 plus agencies have the same tagline. And so I'm like, so who is our typical agency? <laughs> you know, and so that's ch- kind of just what came out from that tweet. And I, I shared it on LinkedIn too. But um, it was more so just not poking fun at the agencies, but to just kind of be cautious of, you know, who we're applying for or like the type of brands or who we, the agencies we work with, if we do end up hiring agencies, you know, like as a lot of marketers are looking for that help and support. It's like, are we going to get the best work possible? So I'm just curious that way. That's where that came from. I love it. And I think it's just so ironic that (laughs) these are supposed to be some of the most creative people on the planet working in agencies and they're used to doing the same, the same old copy. So (laughs) now I'm curious too. I want to know who your typical agency is. Maybe that's a a new name for your future agency, Cody. I don't know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That's funny. So funny. Um, so you also mentioned just now that yes, you do use LinkedIn to look for jobs and opportunities and to network with people. And mm-hmm. I've had this weird realization in my life lately that I feel like I'm actually having fun on LinkedIn. I don't know what's happening yeah. to me. So <laughs> you also <Not> said <laughs> that LinkedIn is the place to be. So tell us more about your love of LinkedIn and maybe how people can um get more power out of LinkedIn. Yeah, I I think LinkedIn is you are literally LinkedIn. Like you can link with people that work at these companies that you want to work at or that you want to, you know, hire out from. Um and you're talking to like real people on there and real making real business deals there and I I found that it's really valuable um to share I share a lot on on Twitter, but I take a lot of that and also put it on LinkedIn or just, you know, pull from my blogs and share that content on LinkedIn. There's a lot of um, professionals in that space who are looking for expertise that we all have. And I think Mm. everyone has a voice that they can share there. And it's, it really is just a place to share your expertise, share what you know, share interesting articles, same as you would on Twitter. Um, you know, being really consistent there and even getting in those DMs. I mean, and you don't have to be weird about it or robotic, you know, or trying to be salesy, but just really reach out to someone who may have a, um, maybe in the same position as you or someone you want aspire to be and just say, Hey, like I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. I really thought it was cool that you worked at so-and-so I used to work in the same industry, you know, just like really starting those conversations. Um, I, actually ended up connecting with a young lady on there who was in the same industry as me. She works in social media and I was just looking for people to connect on there, um, you know, outside of California. And I found her profile and I messaged her and said, I just want to connect, you know, I'm like, we both work in social media and I want to befriend you and maybe we could work together or give each other business. And she actually sends me a lot of opportunities. And I ended up working with a few people that she sent my way. So, and I do not know this. I don't know her at all. Like I've never met her in person. I've also sent her opportunities. Um, when I worked at UC San Diego, she was able to go there and speak on a couple occasions. So 
really it's just you just have to be personable and not so robotic like what we normally see on there yeah um, but the opportunities are definitely there yeah and you know speaking of of being personal personable i think also personalization is so yeah. important when you're reaching out to people because like every dm is so canned yeah. and i found if you just take the time to say one personal thing about the person that you're connecting yeah. with to let to let them know that you actually see them as a real person and you didn't just blanket request the entire website like that goes a long way so i love that exactly. approach and i yeah. love that it's working for you yeah thank you so um, okay, another another very straightforward tweet, but someone had to say it. You said, <laughs> hey, brands, having a sassy social media account is not a marketing strategy. Please sound off on this. Okay, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to hate me for this one, but I personally do not like the sassiness that I've been seeing from some social accounts on Twitter. You know, there's just a time and place and there's a brand too. Like if you're not normally sassy, but you know, you see Wendy's doing it or like a Duolingo or we see mm -hmm. Wingstop, you know, it's like, that's not, if that's not really who you are and you're trying to take on this brand and, you know, uh, have this certain perception, it's just, I don't think it works. It's not a strategy. It may get you, a, you know, a million likes and, and views and whatnot, but are you just going to continue doing that? Cause now you have to keep up this whole persona. And so, and then you, you lose yourself in the way of, of actually being who your brand originally was. So I'm just not a fan of um, being sassy for the sake of sassy. Cause it, obviously it gets views, like I said, and likes and retweets and whatnot, but it's just not tasteful in my eyes, unless that's who you are as a brand. But a lot of these, brands I assume are just they're not that way and like if I walked into your store would you be sassy as well like I just yeah you know, I just it's just not for me I'm just not a fan of it yeah. yeah I I totally agree I'll back you up on it so no one's gonna come for you not, <laughs> not on this podcast but you know and I think it's unfortunately blurred the lines of of what brand voice is and what uh, brand personality is because now i feel like you say brand personality or at least i i'll mention that in my class or i'll mention it to someone and like people assume you have to be sassy to have a personality right and that's not the case with real people and real relationships like you could be funny you could be care like there's so many different types of personalities yeah. besides just sassy so Yes. And even the whole intern, this is a little different, but the, the intern trope that we always see like, oh, an intern's tweeting from the account. It's like, yeah. okay, how many times are we going to do this one? You know? So old. Yeah, I know. It's so yeah. tired. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, lastly, I'd love if we could talk about this new, newish trend that we're seeing in the UGC space mm, with yeah. um, UGC creators popping up, people that are being paid to create kind of polished, um, not I wouldn't say super polished, but very personal um, UGC user generated content for brands to share on their personal accounts. And it looks like it's coming from a true customer or from someone who has sent product and the brands are are taking those and repurposing them. And you brought up a very good question um, asking, you know, is sharing paid UGC fabricating content for the sake of the brand? And you mentioned that it seems 
inauthentic. So yeah. Any, any other thoughts on that or what do, what do we do now? What, (laughs) what is this, what is going to happen with this space? I, you know, I don't know. I'm a little confused as to even how it started this UGC creator trend. Um, cause UGC to me and as defined on the internet, at least is publish information from an unpaid contributor to mm-hmm. any sort of website and that, or, you know, it could be a photo, a video, a blog, poll, anything, but it's unpaid. And so when you start putting UGC and creator together, you know, obviously that means somebody is a paid creator. And so mm-hmm. you could be UGC because it's not, the definition is unpaid. So you'd be maybe like a micro influencer at this point, or just a paid creator. But I, I think it's definitely, like you said, inauthentic to hire these people to create this UGC looking content, but it's not really UGC because they're not actual users of the product you hired them. So, yeah. you know, it's just, where do we draw the line in in our industry with these terms that are constantly being created um, when they're really just the same term as an influencer or, or just a, a general creator of content? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully these brands are doing some serious vetting and are yeah. at least hoping that these people are their true target audience or people who genuinely like the product. Um, I think that's that's all we can hope for. Otherwise, it does kind of seem like you're just being sold something that, you know, isn't yeah. really true or doesn't make sense. But, you know, I think what bothers me more or what would maybe make it better is if brands paid for UGC that people just kind of posted on their own will. And if you want to reshare it to your account, then you have to pay the creator. But I don't think that's really realistic. I mean, some people want to, you know, myself included, want to shout out brands that they genuinely love. But what also grinds my gears probably even more than any of this is when brands take tweets that have nothing to do with them and share the screenshots. Like I've Uh had, I'm sure you've had tweets. I had a a tweet shared by um, the home edit and one was shared by girl boss. And like, I didn't even know one of the, until they, until I had friends sending them, uh, sending the screenshots to me. And I feel like if, if you're a brand and you're going to take a tweet where no one even mentioned you or directed it to you, Mm-hmm. And just repurpose it to create community for your own brand. That I don't know. I don't. I don't love that. <laughs> Did they, they didn't ask for your permission to use it. No. Oh yeah. See, that's mm-hmm. where I, I'm. A, I'm in the same uh, boat with you in that one. I've seen some of my tweets used. I'm like, wait, I you didn't even ask me. <laughs> like, yeah. I should be getting paid for this. It's like five hundred dollars a tweet. <laughs> exactly. It, you know. And it's like like they they reshare it on Instagram. I'm like, okay, why didn't you share it on Twitter? Because that's clearly where I'm saying this piece of content. That's clearly where I'm trying to grow an audience. And then you, Mm -hmm. yeah, big deal. You tagged me on this other platform, but that's not where I'm investing my time. So it means (laughs) nothing to me. Right. Maybe we'll get to a point where we'll have like Twitter influencers and we get paid you know, for our tweets. To be yeah. I don't know. Cause that's happened to me too. So, and a lot of other people we know. So yeah, because these brands right. are using other people's tweets to portray yeah. their culture 
Yeah. And like, you know, appear funny or relatable. And it's like, okay, maybe if you want, but pay, pay you have to pay for it. Cause otherwise that's, that's not your words. It's plagiarism in my opinion. Right. And what if, you know, me as a user, I, I don't rock with your brand like that. <laughs> like, Ooh, true. You know, like what if I had a bad experience or something and you didn't yes. even know and you're over here putting my name with your brand. I think they have to be really careful with that. Exactly. You know, I, I kind of had those feelings with girl boss. I'm like, Oh, uh, you know, girl <laughs> boss, like people, don't even, we don't like that phrase anymore. Like it's kind of yeah. weird. And yeah, they did exactly that. So now that you mention it, I'm fired up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start charging folks now. That's it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, well, I love this. Keep saying things louder for the people in the back. Keep I got you. Keep saying what you've got to say. Keep telling us the hard truths in this industry because you're yeah. crushing it. You, you have so many awesome things to say. I really enjoy following you. And I hope to meet up with you in San Diego one of these days. One of my favorite yes. cities. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, there's a few of us that are planning, trying to do a, we're trying to plan a marketing meetup type of thing but it's more like a retreat so oh, west coast style a, yeah possibly or some other place um but we're talking about it so I'm, I'm hoping we can get like a bunch of people together and in person it would be really fun all right well yeah keep me posted we can uh, put on a missy elliott playlist and, <laughs> and have a good time so absolutely <laughs> um cody where can people follow you sure. anything you want to promote i know you're a wheel of fortune star as well <laughs> <laughs> so many things to highlight <laughs> yeah yeah wheel of fortune um i was on there my my episode aired thanksgiving day so if you're interested i think you could find it season 39 um I am on Twitter. You can follow me at Kodisha with two A's, C-O-D-I-S-H-A-A. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me Cody Dantu Johnson. I also am on Instagram, my business Instagram, which I'm not using very often, but when I'm inspired, I am there. Um, mini Media Marketing and marketing is M-K-T-G. So find me, follow me, and I'd love to chat. Perfect. Thank you again. And um, yeah, hopefully this won't be the last time we uh, we have conversations like this. I always enjoy talking to you. So thank yeah. you so much, Cody. Thank you for the opportunity. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at briannefleming.com slash newsletter or find me on Twitter at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.